The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Dex. Thank you for tuning in to the Iron Pitch Podcast. You know, one thing I've always said, and I will continue to say, if you're born into something, you don't necessarily realize what you have. For example, if you're born into a family with a lot of money, it's just kind of something you always know, and it's, it's just always been there, and you take it for granted. Kind of like with those of us who are Americans that are born into America, we don't realize that we've won the lottery already being born into freedom because there are so many people in the world that do not have what we have here in the United States. And so we take it for granted. And I will continue to say that some of the most patriotic people, the people that love freedom the most, the people who love what America is about, the people that believe in the American dream are people that are not born citizens here. They are from other parts of the world where freedom is a dirty word and where liberty there's no such thing as it and so the one thing i always remember and enjoyed when i was on the u.s marshals task force and i worked in the federal building downtown i would always sit and watch the naturalization ceremonies and you have never seen people so happy so just joyful when they get sworn in and become american citizens officially the smiles the cheers Man, the adversity that they overcame to just be able to hold the title American citizen. People have no clue. No clue. But yet here we are in America. We have people that take it for granted. People that believe that this country owes them something. And that they can just have the American dream without having to put in any sort of work. And that things are just going to be given to them. And that's not the case. But yet we have people that come to America from across the globe. With not even able to speak the language with no education and yet and still they take hold of the American dream and they make something of their lives and they change their family's lives and their history. We have one of those people with us here today. It's one of my favorite people. It's my homeboy from the Middle East. My dude Fadi. Say what's up my man. Ah my man Fadi. So what's your full name bro? Fadi Faori. Fadi Faori. Fadi can you tell the people where you're from? Born and raised in Jordan. What city? City of Amman, the capital. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. What year were you born? 83. 1983. It's only a year older than me. Uh-huh. Man, so what was it like growing up in Amman, Jordan? Well, for me, coming from a tribal family... Um, Part of the noise in the background, like we got, we got two of his greatest companions here, yeah. <laughs> Charlie and Zeus. Zeus and Charlie, if you ever follow, makers. yeah, but I say if you ever follow the uh, Facebook, my Facebook page for this, you probably seen them on there. So, but my bad, brother, go ahead. <laughs> That's all right. For me, coming from a tribal family, I mean, living in Jordan, being there for basically when I was born till I was 16, 17 years old. Uh, it's a whole different experience. Now, can you tell the people what you mean by a tribal family? Tribal family is like we are original Bedouin family. Gotcha. Um, I have over two hundred thousand cousins. That has my last name. Man. Uh, my family is the third largest family tribal family in Jordan. Yeah. It's a lot of people, bro. Yeah. So who's bringing what to the family reunion? Who's cooking what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, here's the thing, which is, this is what we miss here in the United States, like coming together. Um, I'll give you an example. When we say coming together, basically, like, let's say when my grandmother, as an example, passed away. We had over 200 and maybe 80,000 people showed up for her funeral. Good Lord. 
like families and friends and, and like from other families and stuff like that. They showed up for the funeral. Um, when we have a wedding, let's say for an example, which is, nah, that's another big, <laughs> big thing. Um, a lot of people, they show up from other families and the whole family will be there for to support and, and we stand together and we help each other during these kind of things. Um, let's say when it, another thing, we could, let's say somebody is in the hospital had some medical complications a lot of people that show they will show up to the hospital to make sure that, that person is good you know what I'm saying that's how we are over here it's kind of different because everybody's busy with with life and the family thing is just not as good as it is back home yeah, and that's an American thing too, bro. I can tell you, yo, families in America used to be a lot tighter than they were. Yo, just kind of like if you notice anybody from the Hispanic community, they don't really have nursing homes in the Hispanic community. No, because we don't have nursing yeah, homes. Yeah, because which when, is we do, and to a different degree, yeah. But yeah, like here, it's so normal for when people get older, we just kick them to the nursing home. But yeah. in those other cultures. Like, no, no, no. We're taking care of Grandma Grandpa. Gonna, they moving gonna in. We're going to take care of We're going to take care of Grandpa. We're going to take care of Dad. And we're going to take care of Mom. Yep. No matter what. Which is, I still do till this day. Man, so what was it like growing up in Armand, Jordan? And who was, in, who was the, the king over there when you were there, when you were growing up? When I was growing up, uh, King Hussein was in, in, uh, uh, as the king of Jordan. And that related to Saddam, correct? No, I mean, let me put it this way: If you, if uh, <coughs> King of Jordan, he was very, very smart, and he was neutral with everybody. He knows how to play the politic game, but at the same time, play the fair game. Now, and for like for King Hussein, he was very, very intelligent. That's why his funeral it was one of the biggest funeral in Jordan. That happened in the history of mankind. Every leader of any country on this earth was at his funeral. And Abdullah, which is, he took over after King Hussein passed away, he's very, very good. Is he the one that's in charge now, right? Yes. Yeah, so the king, King Abdullah, I, I say, I've seen some videos of him. That dude is an absolute badass. He is. He was trained by uh, the military in Jordan. He studied in England and the United States. Um, he is a badass. He is, man. He was the head of the actual special forces. He is one of the creators of the special forces unit in Jordan. That takes basically like heavy duty um, jobs. Let's put it that way. Do all the heavy lifting. Oh, I believe it. I believe it, man. So, growing up under a king, would you say that y'all had freedom to do almost whatever you wanted? We do have freedom. I'm not going to deny that fact. But it's not as... uh, I'm going to put it in a different perspective or, or in a different way. Yes, we do have all the freedoms that we have in the United States, but you still kind of, there is gray areas that you, or, or red lines that you cannot cross. Gotcha. And we got those here too as well. Yeah. I, 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 kind of, but not to the degree that we have it back home. Yeah, but is it more so, Is that is are those red lines more so based in the Islam, religious principles? Mm, no. No, 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 no. Um, it's politic. All right, so you grew up there in Amman, Jordan. At what point in time and how did you decide or the family decide to come to America? And what was that process like? So my dad applied in 1988 for us to move to the United States. And the process that we had to go through, it took us exactly about nine years. Nine years? Nine to ten years at least. That's what I know. I'm not sure if it's 1988 
but it took at least about nine years to ten years to to be able to move to the United States. Do you know how much it cost? Ooh, a lot of money. So, uh, to fill up the paperwork, translate some paperwork, like from Arabic to English, which is your birth certificate, and your you have to have a copy of your passport from Arabic to English, which is we have both, but it has to be completely English for some reason. And... Uh, for six people, we're talking about at least about ten grand, ten thousand dollar back in the days. That was a lot of money, a lot of money, and especially in Jordan. I mean, house income for the whole year. Oh shoot, uh, we're talking about maximum about twelve thousand. Jesus, man, that's per the whole year. What did your dad do in Jordan? My dad was an ex-military. Then he worked in. Uh, intelligent and then he worked in government jobs which is multiple ones he was uh, one point uh, diplomatic uh, he, he had a diplomatic status um, in Jordan but I mean no sounds like he worked for LMPD with that income though. <laughs> <laughs> oh don't get me started on LMPD Yo, uh, we're coming to that yeah. one it's gonna be a shit show yeah. no I'm not gonna let it be a shit show I okay. still like my job okay. <laughs> Yo, and, and, and so at what point did uh, so how old were you when you came to America and where did y'all come to I was 16 17 years old 16 did you know how to speak English when no, you came here I came to this country with not even a lick of English I didn't know the A from the C yeah. And I had to learn it on my own. Because when we moved here, me, my dad, my mom, my, my three brothers, I had to put them in school. And my dad and my mom, I had to take care of them. They're old. I literally had to work my butt off. Literally. Every day, every night. At 16? At 16, 17 years old, yeah. Jeez, man. Look, I'm, I'm going to put it this way. Did I have a good life back home? It was decent. Did I struggle when I moved to the United States? Absolutely. And good people, they really did help me to learn the language and um, um, help me a lot of, with a lot of things, how to communicate with people and stuff like that. That's how I learned English. Gotcha. So it's it's it wasn't the greatest because I never been to school in the United States, but at the same time it was amazing from good people that they tried to help me and to try to fix my language because I tried to communicate. So let's say for an example, like whenever you try to communicate with somebody, they tell me, "Hey, you need to say it this way." But for a person like me coming from Jordan, um, didn't know the A from the C, learned the English on his own, and worked his butt off with a hundred dollar in his pocket to make it in the United States twice. There is no such a thing I cannot make it in the United States. Like I said, man, it's the place of the American dream. As long as you're willing to work. You know what? Let me put it this way, too. And this is what people, they don't understand. You know how many people are willing to die just to come to the United States? Oh, we see it at the border right now. Everybody trying to No, no, no. Literally, they are basically putting their life on the line. And they know what they're going to go through. And the percentage of making it. It's literally one to two percent, and they take that risk. So you come here. What? Uh, where did you come to in the U.S. when you first came here? Communist California. Commie, California. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's the perfect name for it right now, bro. California where, where, was where different. Oh, uh, sure. I lived oh, in LA definitely. County, which is okay. the city of Laverne. I lived there for about seventeen years, and uh, when when we landed in the United States that day, I remember it. My uncle picked us up, and I was like, oh, my God, I am already in the United States. That's everybody's dream. Man, that's deep. 
I liked it. And uh, just seeing the cars on the highway, how that uh, the highway is built, the buildings all over the place. It's it was it was like a badass show. I'm sure it was like, a bit, it bit a little bit intimidating in all the time. Yes, uh, did I get scared? Yes, at first, yes, of course. But I was like, you know what? I'm in it. I'm gonna live it, whether everybody likes it or not. I'm just gonna keep moving forward and accomplish everything I can. Now, at what point did you? How did you end up coming to Louisville, Kentucky? Ooh. Do you want me to say the truth? Oh That's yeah. That's shoot coding nothing. Oh yes. Uh, 2008. I was in the car business. And I was making good money. I was a manager on the dealership. I was doing great. 2008 hit. You know, we had that economic oh, crash. Yeah. When Lehman Brothers, at 8.15 in the morning, went on TV, and they said they're filing for a bankruptcy. That moment, I lost 180 $4,000. Bless, man. We had to shut down almost, which is the dealership. I was kind of a partner in it, but not a partner. Um, and I was managing the whole store, basically. And that dealership, we literally had over $6 million worth of uh, cars in it. We were doing luxury cars, most of it. And um, when it comes down to that day, it was a chaos. And then four or five months later, we shut down the dealership and I was like, God, what just happened? And then I was kind of, you know, pissed off uh, I would be too tired <laughs> exhausted decided to go back home my dad calls his cousin that lives in Louisville Kentucky and he tells him hey do something about this I don't want him to go home by himself which is I have a large family over there but still like they want to be around me and I, oh when you say go home you're talking about going back to Jordan going back oh. to Jordan for good good gotcha that was the decision I made because if California went down like this, that means the whole United States is completely shot. Everybody. And uh, my dad's cousin give, calls me and he tells me two ways to go. First off, how you doing? I was like, I'm good. I'm all right. I'm going home. I'm going home a couple of days. I already booked my ticket and everything. And he goes, no, two ways to go. It's either you pack your stuff in your car and you drive your car to Kentucky or I'm going to come over, throw you in the trunk of the car, <laughs> literally, with an F word, of course. Oh, you can, you can curse on here, bro. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'll say hi to your dad and your mom and I'll bring your ass to Kentucky. <laughs> if you don't like it after you come over, just check it out. He was like, I'll book you another ticket, and you go home. No. He was like, I'm dead serious. I was like, so should I take it as a threat? He was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, no, all right. You know what? Let me see. So I was like, pack my stuff, put it in my car. I was like, I'm out. 21 hours, I was in Louisville, Kentucky. And what year was that? 2009 so 2009 man so you go through all that all that man i can't imagine you know putting in all that hard work coming here and i know how to speak english you go into business with your buddies you start a car dealership and all of a sudden bad political decisions lead to the fall of the economy yep the next thing you know you're here in louisville kentucky so then do you start doing the uh, the smoke shop or do you have other no, business no i worked i worked i worked for my cousin for about a year and a half he had his own store, and then he decided 
it wasn't the greatest location. So it was like, I don't know what to do. Where was it at? Uh, it was on Barstown Road. Then we moved to uh, Brownsboro Road, Lower Brownsboro Road. And then he decided just to shut it down because it wasn't working out. He didn't listen to my advice about the locations. And he realized, like, okay, this is not working out. We have to do something. We have to shut it down. All right. I'm one of those people that I don't like to have a boss on top of me to tell me what to do because I know the business for a long time already. Explains why you're not married, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to open my own. Start driving around, trying to find a good location. And by mistake, I turned on 3rd, made a left from Muhammad Ali to 3rd Street. I saw this location where we are right now. Where we at right now? Tell the people. Third of Muhammad Ali. At the VIP. South Third VIP Smoke Shop. Yes, sir. For all your smoking needs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I saw the sign for lease, and I called the number, and I was like, "Hey, can I look at the place right now?" She was like, "Yeah." The lady who was on the phone, and saw it i was like can you do this and this for me she was like yeah we could do that i was like okay what well, we'll take right now to sign a lease on it and she was like oh i have three different people i was like no 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 you don't understand my question how what it will take right now for me to sign the lease with you because i am very serious i am not playing around and she was like well let me check with basically the landlord the property owner and we met, and he liked me, I liked him, and he was like, okay, done, we'll sign the lease on it today. I was like, okay, sign the lease, give him a check for the deposit. Within a week, they had me the keys for the store, I start bringing stuff in, which is literally everything I saved up <clears throat> for a year and a half while I was working for my cousin, and I had to borrow some money to, you know, to get it going. And I worked my butt off, literally from 8 o'clock in the morning to literally 12 o'clock at night. Then I, that's when Uber started. And nobody knew about Uber around here in Louisville, Kentucky. There's not that many people. And uh, I started doing Uber at nighttime just to keep this place open. Doing it from 12 o'clock to almost 4 o'clock on the weekends. Hustle. Hustling my butt off, and I'm 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 dead serious. Like literally, I go home, take a shower, change my clothes, get ready, and take a nap for a couple of hours, and be back over here at nine o'clock in the morning and open the store again and keep doing it over and over and over and over. All right, so you do go through all this work, mm -hmm. man. The shop starts doing good. You start making money. Mm -hmm. Life is good. Then all of a sudden. We have a couple incidents with police across the country, you know, the whole George Floyd incident, then the Breonna Taylor thing happens. Next thing you know, like I said, I wasn't here. You know, I had already moved to Arizona at the time. Uh -huh. I was with the Border Patrol, then with the small PD. Yep. But I remember seeing the riots start on TV. And all of a sudden, I remember seeing a video of this Arabic guy <laughs> in front of the store with a tack vest and a and a rifle and I'm like yo what the heck is going on in Louisville yep. man what so what happened how did all this stuff with you and your shop and the protesters coming to your shop how did all that transpire and what was going through your mind when all this stuff first started it was a chaos that should have never happened what's that this whole chaos that's called black lives matter Rihanna Taylor Antifa. Uh, uh, Antifa and George Floyd. I mean, what people didn't realize that they've been lied to by the media, spending the whole situation to their own agenda, which is they're turning this country, turning this country literally to a communist country. That is the goal. And uh, those groups, which is Black Lives Matter, which is, I, I call them a fraud because they don't care about black lives and there's no such a thing as a black life period I mean what color sh shirt I'm wearing 
Black. That's black. Have you seen any anybody looks like it? I'm damn close. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Nobody looked this black. Gotcha. Gotcha. What is this color right here? Which is... That's white. That's white. Have you seen any motherfucker look like that? Close, but not exactly. <laughs> so there is no such a thing as a black or white gotcha. issue. We never had that issue. Okay. But with the moment you label yourself with a color or something, you're racist in my opinion. And to tell me black lives matter, no, I care about good people. I don't care about bad, pe bad people. Black lives matter, they use this whole thing for their own agenda, which is to make money. Of course. Off political. of politicians and politics. I said chasing clout and chasing exactly. cash, man. All right, so they're out here doing their thing, man. man. So how did they get sights on you and your store to come over here and mess with you? Because a lot of people don't know. So I guess I'll let you tell the story that night and what happened. And So the first time they had an altercation with me, I stood my ground to protect my store. What was the first altercation? Uh, I was surrounded by 900 kids. Was that the first night of the protest? That was the first night of the protest, literally. And uh, they wanted to break everything around this building, and I, I basically protected this building by myself. And uh, not only my store, my neighbors too, because they were going to break everything and go through everything they can. Um, that set me on the radar. The second time they got really pissed off at me when they came into my store with a piece of paper that has demand mafia style demands that I have to give them 23% of my business, that I had to hire only people from their group, oh, that I have to buy my purchase merchandise from them and I, and the list goes on I grabbed that piece of paper, put my rifle on the counter and I was like, do you know how to run? and they were like, what? I was like, a bullet flew out and another one went in <laughs> I was like, start running, because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play mafia style games. Yeah, and that set me on the radar more than anything. And this was during, was this during the first week? I guess. Otherwise? Yes, that was during the first week, and I'm not the only one who went through it because a couple of restaurants in Nulu actually. Labo, they, yeah, the, yeah the, the, the Cuban, the Cuban, the Cuban restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, um, they went through that too. And um, they didn't accomplish anything. And then the second riot happened. Now, just to give you the heads up, people, they say, oh, it's people from out of state. Yes, there's people from out of state. But the majority that destroyed the city is people from the there city. There was plenty from here in the surrounding area. One, one thing, and, and, and the first altercation when I had with them, 70% of the people that they were around me, I know who they are. I helped them. I know for a fact that they were in my store at one point. You know what I'm saying? You I did always these people take care day. of everybody. You know, I did my thing. and um, But to see them coming after me, they wanted what's mine. No, that's not going to happen. Not even that, man. I think... They were also a lot of young, you know, young, stupid people getting swept up in the emotion on no, some No, there is some old people in it. A too. lot of older ones? Oh, yeah. And this is what people, they don't want to talk about. There is people that's almost 40, 50 years old. They're walking around. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. I've seen a couple of them. And trying to destroy stuff and go rob places. I saw it in my own eyes. Now, the second time when, well... I was working on a project which is two doors down from my store, which is to move to a bigger spot. The day I finished the decoration, and I locked up that door, and I was like, tomorrow I'm going to start moving everything out of my existing store, which is where we are right now, to that one, to the new one, two doors down. They set it on fire. The day I finished it, at 1 a.m. in the morning, 1.04 in the morning. Burned down your shop. They burned it down. Yeah. And yeah. I lost in that one over $137,000. Yeah. And how did the riots and all this stuff impact your business over the last oh, year? Last year? You want to talk numbers? Yeah, if you don't mind, it's up to you. Okay, I'll talk numbers. So in 2019, <laughs> I, w I did almost $1.3 million in, in business, total business. 
in 2020 I did exactly about 28 27 thousand out of 1.3 million dollar plus whatever I lost I lost so in 2020 I literally lost over two million dollars you know the thing that always strikes me with the groups like BLM and Antifa, they say that they take, you know, they're about people of color for the advancement of people of color and all this. But here they are. I'm sorry, dude. They're they're fighting for justice and they're fighting for freedom and they're fighting against racism and stuff like that. But because I didn't fit their narrative, they called me a sand nigger. Yep. I didn't fit the narrative. They called me Arab redneck. I didn't fit the narrative they called me a, a haji i didn't fit the narrative a camel jockey that's what they called me you see and this they is all the stuff me. that people yeah. don't realize that happened so i remember last year it was uh, june it was right after i got back i was standing on the bridge while they were trying to take over the second street bridge uh -huh. and they were just saying the most evil ill things to me uh -huh. i mean it was the same uncle tom you dick sucking faggot ass nigga all this stuff but of course their cameras they didn't have their cameras focused on me in that moment with that individual. No. So, man, as they're calling you all these horrible, filthy, racist names, coming from an organization that's supposed to be for the advancement of colored people and, you know, what was going through your mind hearing all these names? That they are hypocrites. That somebody needs to just punch them in the face. Like, wake up, people. Divide and conquer. And of course, you know, when they're... And they're when creating they're the division, actually. Oh, yeah. When you call yourself as a black man, you're racist, in my opinion. When you call yourself a white man, you're racist, in my opinion. Why? Because, again, and I'm going to say it over and over and over and over, the moment you label yourself with the color bullshit, you are racist. We are all human beings. We all came from Adam and Eve, if, we, if you believe oh, yeah. in God, right? Oh, yeah. Um, now, I will push back on that a little bit because that's always my thing. I, I do believe, yeah, we are just people at the end of the day. We should not judge each other by the color of color our skin or at all. religion at all, but, or where you come from. Yeah, or where you come from. But I do believe that also a part of it is... You know, that's one thing I've always struggled with is like, am I just, what am I, like American? Am I just black? Am I you a black American? American human being. I'm an American human being, but at the same time, I also feel like there's a beauty that comes with the different colors of our skin, and I don't want us to lose that, but I feel like we as humans, we're too simple-minded or simplistic. There is nothing on this earth will change your color. Nothing. If you want to call yourself a colored person, but in the end... We all have the same exact type of blood. Exactly. We are all built of the same material. We are built Just pigment, the same. pigmentally different. That's it. Okay. Now, if you want to talk about so-called black <clears throat> community, okay, in my opinion, a lot of them, they are so racist to the point that they feed poisoning to their own kids. I, I absolutely 100% agree. Which is, I don't think anybody has the balls to say it. Nobody does. I say it on the podcast all the time. And people are like, well, go, I don't care. You can't cancel me. You can't cancel the truth. No. And it's unfortunate. We do have those segments within our society, within different, within different groups and also different cultures where, you know, as I've always said, there's good people and there's bad people. There's good black exactly. people. There's good white people. There's bad. And there's bad in all of us. And every society, there and is culture. bad and good. Yes. And every culture, there's bad and good. And in every religion, there's bad and good. But the issue that we keep going through now these days is we have corrupt politicians that they wanted us to be divided. Why do you think they want us to be divided? Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> That's the right question. So why they want us to be divided? Because they want to pass stuff under the table, keep us busy, and not watching out what they're doing under the table. Changing laws, going against the Constitution of the United States, and doing treasonous stuff. Let's say it the way it is without sugarcoating Absolutely. Nothing. I'm with you. If it was up to me, all politicians... They play the same exact game. And it's not about the people anymore. It no, is it's literally not. about 
them maintaining their power and control. Exactly. Politicians in this country have become tyrants. Yes. You know, and they are their own separate class of yes. high, you know, high because class. Because the government's supposed to work for us <laughs> exactly. as we the people. Now we are working for the government just to pay their bills. Whenever they want to go eat a steak, they could pay a thousand dollar for a steak and two thousand dollar for a, a glass of wine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And while we peasants at and the bottom, exactly, with the bill, who's paying for it? <clears throat> us. And the problem also is. How is it that we have politicians who work for the people that are millionaires or people that have been in office for 30 plus years and haven't done a damn thing? Kind of like Bernie Sanders. You no. know, this guy, you know, it's like he's a man of the people. He's you know, such a so, communist. It, 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 it's not it, even a joke. Absolutely. He's all about, you know, taxing the rich. But this man has like three different homes. People, they don't understand what they have in the United States. This is the last freestanding country in the world. Number one. Number two. Those communist, socialist ideas. Look, there are so many countries. They tried socialism. They tried communism. They tried whatever you want to call it, right? It never worked. You know what they're saying now? It's like, well, America needs to try because everybody's done it wrong. So they tag it with the uh, title Democratic Socialism to try to make it seem more attractive. You're talking about the corrupt Democrat? I think it's just the democratic system is what they're talking about. But they, they, all it is, they're just putting a different label on socialism. They're repackaging it, but it's the same thing. And it has been done time and time they're again. They're just changing history. names. That's all it is. Just to fit the narrative. That's all it is, changing the name. So now we've arrived at this point in America where I feel like, like the goal of power is to, you know, the, well, the goal of politicians is to get in power and stay in power. Yeah. Which is, you know, real. And once we give something up to the government, we never get it back. Yeah. And so speaking of government, I know you've had your own issues as well dealing with Louisville Metro government, correct? Oh, with the yeah. business side of things and yep. licenses and all that yep. since the riots. Can you talk about that? Because wasn't there some sort of program that they were trying to get people of color to what give them loans for businesses, but you were turned down, correct? No, I didn't even get an answer back. You never got an answer? No. Nope. So what was the program exactly? So they had loans and grants <laughs> that were given as the city of Louisville. They were giving it to small businesses to keep them going. I applied for everything, and I never got an answer back. I came to find out that they were giving grants and loans to people that they don't even have businesses, but they have to know the right people. Now, why do you think you were turned down? Uh, because, again, I don't fit their agenda. I don't fit their narrative. And I was, at one point, when I was on Tucker's show, which is... It went wild. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm... I'm I, I, I think I am the second or the third... Uh, what should we call it? Um, famous person in downtown area. Oh, I'll definitely Because of <laughs> standing my ground. And because I did actually... <laughs> Not attack, but I called him out, which is the mayor, on his nonsense and what he did to the city. And when he got you guys hemmed up on this whole politics thing. Oh, bro, we, yeah, we still hemmed up in a way. Oh, yeah, till this day. Every day. I see it every day. <laughs> yeah, what have you guys been through as, which is, as police officers? <laughs> Should have never happened. No, it should, Never. but I'm, I will be honest. I'm absolutely 100% glad that we have people like you that support us, man. Like Since I've been back, you've been nothing but a support to a lot of officers. You know why? I was going to ask that. What? So where did your love for the police come from? Because I always treated them like human beings. I see them as a human beings. I see them as good people. They're trying to do something for the city, which is not a lot of people they could do. Me personally, I cannot be a cop. I got a short temper. You know, that. Oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I cannot do your job. 
I really cannot do your job. And you, let, let's let's say it the way it is. Let's give you the credit. The job that you do on a daily basis, me personally as as a person, I cannot do it. I cannot deal with the nonsense. I cannot deal with the bullshit. I mean, I did ride along with a couple of officers before. One time we had one of those stops. Let's put it this way. The guy, he just kept going on a stop sign. He never stopped. His lights are off. Never used a signal light. It's almost 12 o'clock at night. You drive in, in the dark. You don't have no lights on. You're not stopping at stop signs. And you just keep going. You're about to kill somebody. So the officer that was with me at that time, when we did pull him over, he walks up, hi, how you doing? I'm stopping you. Oh, you stopped me because I'm black. What? <laughs> if it was me, I would have snatched him out of the window, put him in handcuffs, and throw him in the back of the police car. But I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> now, how was the, poli the police back in Jordan? Because one thing I've always known is a lot of people that come to America, they appreciate the police here a lot more because... The police in their own home country are absolutely corrupt. They will beat your ass for the smallest thing and nothing ever happens. And, uh, in certain countries, yes, there is corruption. Now, where I'm from, we were raised to respect police officers. If you are... The, I'm, I'm, excuse my French. If you are a fuck-up... You better deal with the police because if you go home, you're going to get your ass whipped. Oh, I feel that. Same in my household, brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, you disrespected. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. I yelled out at my teacher for a good reason once in my school. This in Jordan? or uh... This is in Jordan. I was in seventh grade. Okay? My dad find out that I yelled at my teacher. You know, every morning we have to line up, we have to salute the flag, blah, 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 blah. The whole, and do the exercise. After all that is done, he comes up to the lineup. Now everybody's still, there is 900 kids in my school. Okay? My dad comes up to the lineup. And he goes with his finger, like, come here. I looked at my friends. I was like... I'm about to get messed up right now. <laughs> it's about to go down. My dad whipped my ass in front of 900 kids. Why? So because I yelled at my teacher, he whipped my ass in front of 900 kids. And then he turned around and he was like, if I hear any of you yell out at any teacher in this goddamn school, I'm going to come over and burn it to the ground <laughs> with everybody in it. And I'm not joking. You don't disrespect your teachers. Strong culture. And that's that's how strong is our culture is exactly. We were brought up basically to respect our older police, military. If you if you are in the right, you are in the right. But at the same time, you have to show respect. Then you do it in a legal way. That's how we are back home. Even here, that's how it was. It used to be. It used to be. What do you think changed? Oh, the snowflake mentality. That's what changed. Everybody's entitled to fiction. Everybody's, uh, uh, they get their feelings hurt over stupidity. That's what it is. The demasculization of... American males. That's a big thing too. That's another big thing. It's a big what you know. So I saw this article the other day that China, they are banning sissified men. That's what they said in the article. Sissified men from being on TV. China is teaching their men to actually be men, to be more masculine. Which is they used to teach the opposite, at first. You know, men in China they were abused by their females. No. By, by their spouse or, or their wives 
Their wives, they used to beat the living shit out of Chinese men. And if you complain to the authority, you will go to jail. As a man, getting beat up by a female. Now they're turning everything upside down. No, oh, they definitely turned it upside down, oh, yeah. man. You know, and I remember I saw a uh, recruiting commercial for the Russian military. Oh, man, no. and I was just like, man, they hard charging, you know, dude sitting there doing push-ups, you know, all chiseled, bald head, okay. fight for his country. And then I remember seeing a, the latest commercials for the U.S. Army, you know, the whole story thing. And it opens up about a mom and or this young girl, and it's a, I believe she, her mom married her lifelong friend who was a transgender and all this. And I was just looking like, what are, what is our goal here with the What are we trying to recruit and do? You know, it's the military exists for one sole reason. To go fight America's wars, provide security, and destroy and crush anybody who would come against us in protecting our interests. Exactly. But however, it seems like... But our interest now is basically in the hands of corrupt politicians for their own agendas, their own needs. Not the needs of the people or the needs needs of the country. Not the needs of the people, not to protect the people, we the people is to protect the politicians in this country. And that should never That's be the case. Exactly. That should have never been the case. Ever. All these wars that we've been through, which is now we're, 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 we're going to get a little bit deep, which is I'm, I'm going to tell you the, the, what the other side, which is the whole world outside the United States, say about the United States. And that needs to be heard. And that needs to be heard. Like everybody I talk to from back home, like they tell me, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck are you guys doing in the United States? And they're talking about all the culture stuff. Why you guys stuff? are not standing for what's right? Now what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. It used to be what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Okay. And that came down to one thing and one thing only, politic. That's why I hate politicians and politics, brother. (laughs) Politic, politic, politic. The politic in this country is so corrupt. They're making millions and millions of dollars every day, every minute, every second. They don't care about us. And again, they're doing treasonous stuff. They swore an oath to the Constitution of the United States, which is I did swear an oath to the to the Constitution of the United States, personally when I became a citizen. They're doing so much, so many things to dismantle that Constitution right now. That's treason. You know what will happen to the to the people that does that to our Constitution back home? Probably hang them high. <laughs> they will hang them in the middle of the street in broad daylight. That's how it used to be in this country, too, man. I couldn't imagine if the Founding Fathers were alive today. Oh, I... I, I couldn't imagine what they would think. I mean, heads they're would be, heads rolling, would be rolling in their own grave right now. Absolutely, heads will be rolling, and we are literally going backwards. Like, we're going back into if, segregating ourselves. If we keep going the way we are going right now, we're going to go back to the Stone Age. United States is the strongest country on earth, right? You still think we are? No. No. After this asshole being in office? Yeah, bro. We, uh, don't get me started. Yeah, he, no, doesn't I'm even, with you. he doesn't even know where he's at. <laughs> he don't even know he's 90% president. 90% of the time. He don't even know he's in office. He, he's gone. I don't know how they pulled it off, but they pulled <laughs> whatever. And the question is, who's really calling the shots right now? The globalist. You want to dig deep? Let's dig deep on it, bro. All right. The creation of the United Nation, it wasn't by people. It was by the globalists. The one who runs everything, the money circulation. Now, who are the The one who started wars and let innocent people die on every side of the aisle in every other country. Now, who are the globalists? Those are the people that basically they control the wealth of the world. In my opinion, this is how I dig into it. The globalist is a couple of, which is 
They're literally five families. They run the money circulation in the whole world. They're the one who created, and they think they're gods, by the way. They're the one who created the United Nation, and the United Nation is being used against the people. We gotta if if we let those suckers get in their way, they will depopulate the, this earth. So who are the five families that you speak of? Because I know there's a book called uh, I forgot the name of it, man. I'm, <laughs> mind just crapped out but it's uh it talks about america's most powerful families mm -hmm. and i know like the bushes the bushes rockefellers the rockefellers they're part of them the bilderbergs <laughs> the rothschilds the rothschilds yeah and there is another one more family that's basically involved i don't remember their name too are there any of uh, other foreign families that are involved in this you think the Bin Laden family, Bin Laden family, oh yeah, which is their partner with the Bushes family. Two airplanes when 9/11 happened, they were flying in there. Oh the yeah, the Bin Laden family yeah. flying out of the country. They were flying out of the country and Air Force One, and the whole country was on lockdown. And that has been verified. <laughs> that absolutely has absolutely been verified. Verified, because they partner together. The Bush's family and the Bin Laden family, they own exactly, to this date, over 80% of the oil on Earth. Why do you think we went to Afghanistan? Why we went to Iraq? Why we basically control Kuwait? What's the thing with that? Because I know, and the one thing that always gets me is, most of the 9-11 hijackers were from Saudi Arabia, but yet America... They're born in Saudi Arabia. They were trained by the CIA, in my opinion. This is my own opinion. This is nobody's opinion. And I don't think any Arab could pull this off. I don't think the Osama bin Laden, which is he was trained by the CIA to fuck the Soviet Union in back the in the days. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was original Mujahideen. Uh, um, and he created something called Al-Qaeda that's powerful to pull this off on the country that funded the living fuck out of them. Yeah. We funded the living shit out of Al-Qaeda to fuck with the Soviet Union and then we went after Afghanistan just to control basically <coughs> the biggest piece of property of lithium, the biggest piece of property with natural gas with with and another thing, the opioid that opioid comes. addiction. Yeah, the uh yes, right. Well, the, so, the poppy seed, the poppy plant. Exactly. Right? Who uses the poppy seeds and all the poppy plants, which is uh, the the drug companies. And you know how many billions and billions oh, of yeah. dollars they make. Yeah, big pharma is big money. So, and it's all about big pharma, and you got the oil business. And basically control the resources all the way around. They already got the globalist mafia. They already got control of the Middle East, and they got control of the Europe. Um, the only two countries that still standing against the the globalist kind of Russia and United States. And the globalist mafia now they're using China as as a weapon against the world. You know, but, and, I, and I, far, I feel like we really messed up with Afghanistan. Man, we just, oh, bro. Man, man we shit the bed on that one so bad. And no, nobody you know can why? tell me. Because the government has been ordered by the UN and the globalist mafia to basically hand it to these assholes. Dude, yeah, there, and there's no I way mean, you not, can not tell all, me. Not all of them are actually bad people, by the way. Not all the Taliban's are bad. Some of them are good, good people. So they actually worked with the United States military over there. But the good ones that we had, we already left them, and now they're being getting, or they're getting assassinated by the bad ones, the bad Taliban's. Those are the fucking terrorists that we, United States government, created by the CIA.
Those assholes are created by the CIA. They're funded by the CIA. And nobody wants to speak about that. Nobody wants to mention it. I don't think anybody knows because a lot of Americans aren't educated. We have done this time and time again where we go in, help somebody fight. What do they call the the micro wars or stuff? You know, we go in, we train people up. Then we always end up having to go back and fight them. Same with the uh, Iraq-Iran war back in the day. What do we do? We, we went funded in, we, Saddam Hussein yeah. and we helped him out. <laughs> helped him out. <laughs> we 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 did everything in the book to basically keep Saddam in power. But when Saddam Hussein back in the days told Bush the father, "Fuck you, I'm not selling you my oil with a dollar," and because the Bush's family they wanted to control the Iraqi oil, that's why we turned our back on him. That's why we killed Saddam Hussein. But nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to believe it because the truth hurts. Yeah, we don't like That's the truth in this country, is. man. So let me ask you, with the way things are going now in the world and in the city, we're going to get ready to wrap this up, but what do you want to see happen? What, what do you think the future of America is at the rate we're going? If we don't come together and we don't stand against tyranny and against those corrupt bastards that we have all over the place... Trust me, United States will be controlled by the globalists, and then we're going to eat shit. Now, how do, how do you think we achieve this? How do you think we fight back? We need to stand against, against those corrupt politicians. We need to show them that we are the boss. That's what the Constitution says. We the people. Absolutely. We the people. Those words are not easy to basically... Absorb. We the people. You feel like a lot of we the people now, are a lot of people are no, just sheep? No, it's we the government now. Yeah, it is definitely we the government. But do you feel like a lot of Americans are just sleep behind the wheel? Just kind of. No, a lot of Americans, they're, they're basically being sheeps. God, yeah. That's... They don't want to believe the truth. They don't want to see the truth because the truth hurts again. And that's our problem. And we, Nobody yeah. wants to face reality. Everybody wants to live in La La Land. You know, they build their own lives and none of this is real and, you know, all this stuff if is going on. If we lose the United States, the whole world is counting on the United States to fight back right now. And I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart. If the United States doesn't fight back against the globalists, the whole world is fucked the globalists, they could do whatever the fuck they want to do and get away with it. What's your hope for the country for, a few, for the future? My hope? Restore the Constitution. Um, control everything by the people. For the people. <clears throat> and just let us move on with our lives. That's all. This country is built on freedoms. And if we lose these fucking freedoms that we have, which is we lost most of a lot of it already. But if we continue losing everything that we have, you are guilty till you prove yourself innocent. Remember those words. It's already like that, (laughs) especially with social media. No, it's gonna get worse. Oh, it's a okay. Definitely, the media is controlled by the same exact families, by the globalists. Every newspaper, every TV channel, every Hollywood. You want to talk about Hollywood and the corruption in Hollywood? God, it will never end. It will never end. But the thing is, which is people, they don't want to believe it for the simple fact it's too hard to swallow. It's going to hurt. Fuck the hurting bullshit. Let's face reality and move on. We need to come as we the people together and fight the demon that we created. We let... We let take hold. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just been a slow, steady decline. Oh, that's over been happening years. for years and oh, years yeah. and years. Those globalists, they funded Hitler. I think I heard something the other day. Ford. Ford Motor Company. Not Ford Motor Company only. Oh, yeah. There was other people, but yeah. No, I, dude. 
you wanna you wanna talk about the issue in the Middle East, Palestine and Israel? Yeah, I got some time. Yeah. You, All right. Come on, get. So you know, Jews they've been ex- in existing in the Arab world for a long, long time. You know, Iraq had over five million fucking Jews in Iraq when Saddam was in power. They were living in peace and harmony like everybody else. Lived as an Iraqis. Lived as an Iraqis only. They're Jews. Religion is between you and God. But when you mix politics with religion, it's like dumping gas on fire. Yeah, that's a yeah. Okay? Whatever happened during Hitler era at that time, not United States government only that funded Hitler. Okay? Um, The globalists did fund Hitler. The Zionist movement funded Hitler. There is a big difference between the Zionist movement and Judaism. By the way, to be a Muslim, you have to believe in Judaism and you have to believe in Christianity. Because if you put all those three books together, they complete each other. They talk about the same exact thing page by page don't let those religious people tell you oh this is what it means and this is what it means you gotta study for your own you have to study it by by, on your own there is like the way we grow up in Jordan we didn't know who's Christian and who's Muslim because we're all Jordanians there is no such a thing I mean we we do believe in Christianity we know about Christianity but the Christians they visited uh, the the Muslims on their um, the so-called holidays, and the Muslims they visited the Christians on their holidays. Okay. Now let's talk about Palestine and Israel. If you take the Palestinian government out, and you take the Israeli government out, literally. Okay. The Jews and the Muslims and the Christians they will live in peace and harmony. And you are absolutely correct because you know the people are not their government and people don't want war. People don't want division. A mother doesn't want to send her son off to go fight. Nobody wants to unless endure all this. Unless it, yeah, unless it's an absolute good reason, but Man, most people just want to be live in peace and, and be exactly. left alone regardless. Once you take out all the political BS and just let people be people will absolutely live in peace there will always yeah there will always be those within you know the community who are just pieces of garbage and you know that are you know predators but for the most part man people are just absolutely decent for the most part yeah man and with that in mind getting ready to come to an end with everything going on in louisville with the crime on the rise i mean man what's your hope for the city and what do you see as a way forward to get past all this We need to come together, all of us, all of us, without a doubt. And we have to fight a good fight against the corruption in the city and all over the country. Let's put it that way. Across it's the not world. Only, it's not only in, in, in Louisville. It's not only in the United States. It's across the world, as you said. And that's, that's all. We need to come together. You know, what's the old saying? It only takes good men to do nothing for evil to triumph. Exactly. We need a lot more good men. They're there. They're, They're somewhere there. out there. Uh, and I know you, you are, yeah. without a doubt, one of my favorite. I appreciate it, Favorite man. ones, man. I, I appreciate, appreciate you having you on. No, man. Amazing it's, story. It's been a pleasure. It has been an absolute pleasure. We've been meaning to do this for, for a long time. About three months now. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it been is. Dragging my feet, man. I know. Night I know. shift. And I, like I say, personally, I just want to thank you no, from I wanna, the bottom of my heart. Hold bro. on a second. Um, I don't mean to cut you off. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you did. I appreciate you. And a lot of people, they appreciate you for what you did and what you're still doing. <clears throat> As a, as a police officer right now and handling all this bullshit and trying to do what's best I appreciate you for it and a lot of people they appreciate you for it and 
thank you for standing up for our country. Yeah, circumstances, but it is what it is. And I will say also, thank you for the support you've given us over this last year, my man. I didn't do nothing, but Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Hey. He always does. <laughs> so I got to cut it off. We just had a, a lieutenant walk in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Iron Pitch Podcast. As always, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed. As you all know, you can listen to the Iron Pitch Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also on Amazon Music Now. So you know what to do. Go ahead and uh, rate the show, leave a comment. Until next time, thank you all for tuning in. Have a good one. See you on the next one.